This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hello, Robbie. Hi, I'm actually in line at a, um, uh, for to pick up a prescription. So I'll be a little quiet, but if you can hear me, we're good. Yes, I can hear you. I guess uh, um, I guess if I have to monologue, it wouldn't be the first time. But uh... right, right. <laughs> yeah. So how are you doing? Um, and what's up? Good. You want me to give you the 15-minute version while you're standing in line, or the short sure. version so you can respond? Uh, either one. I'm, I'm not right. talking yet. I'm I'm back in line. We've got four people ahead of me. Okay, you're still able to talk quietly. All right. So. The short version is God's been really good with lots of interesting things happening. Um, the most relevant one is I had a good chat with Sundiab, which followed a series of other very productive conversations, including one mediated by my son. Uh -huh. We were having a mild disagreement about right. uh, the policy on who gets dibs on leftovers. And my son heard us, and it was also, he was personally involved. So he came and said, I hear you saying this, and I think I sat with mom here, I think I sat with dad here, and that was a really nice experience, and I think uh -huh. helpful, because uh, it's often Good. hard for us to validate the other person's perspective, so having him as a third-party validator was instructive. So that inspired me to ask a question about uh, where, you know, I had tried to take a, a bold leap for God in the past, and that had uh, uh, triggered her anxiety. Uh huh. And the the first big thing was that I was able to say, she says, are you saying that you were going to do something good for God and my anxiety stopped you? I said, no, actually, it's different. And it took me a while to get to this point. It's that I believe that your anxiety was valid. And if I uh -huh. continued without dealing with it, things would have ended badly. But mm -hmm. now I need to understand the source of that anxiety so I can address it directly. So uh -huh. I can do better. And so, um, so the way she framed it uh, took a little while for me to, to to decode. But she basically said, "Well, it just didn't seem like common sense." Okay. Right. And in the past, I was sort of offended by this. It's like, you know, what, well, you know, why should common sense matter? Should we be following scripture and the Holy Spirit? But the more I right. thought about it, you know, I, I I tried to step back from the offense and say, okay, this is what I asked for, you know, and right. and do I actually believe that there was a valid reason? And it's uh -huh. like, huh. So the fact that it's not common sense means it violates cultural norms. Say that for sense again. Uh, yeah, the the when she says common sense, what it means is that it violates cultural norms. Right. Or maybe okay. I should say the culturally normative paradigm. Right. Uh, I had a discussion about Thomas Kuhn a while ago and his idea of, you know, paradigms of scientific inquiry, uh -huh. right? The idea is that. And I'm also, my brother bought me the book Thinking Fast and Slow. I don't know if you've probably heard about it. I um, think I've heard of it, yeah, but not too much. Yeah, but the basic idea is that our intuitive mind. Uh, is always operating and just jumps to the first coherent story that makes sense. Okay. And like unconsciously, like you read a sign, like your uh, system one, he calls it, your intuitive mind just automatically translates those letters into words, into a sense. Right. So like you can't not do it. Whereas right. system two is, is um, 
uh, lazy. It doesn't, it, it, for most people at least, listen to as lazy. It doesn't get involved uh-huh. uh, very often. And you can train system two to check system one. But by default, system two just, uh, ex- just assumes system one and then goes off and explains things and does other more linear focused tasks. Okay. Um, Right, so system two can either rationalize system one or critique system one, but usually it does the former. So right. the, the thing I realized is that, ah, this is what culture gives us. Is it, it says, in these contexts, you can trust your intuition, and in these contexts, you should not. Okay. Uh, and because there is no objective standard for this. Right. If you try to critique every possible intuition, you end up with the sort of the skeptic who cannot, you know, move because he cannot, you know, walk because he's, you know, he can't assume that the ground in front of him is safe. Right. You have to go with some assumptions. Right. And so every culture has a set of things that you can assume are true and that you can trust your, your default behavior with and certain things you just can't. And what I realized was is that, and the other thing is like not getting hung up on the words, but understanding the intent. It's like this doesn't make sense to her. This violates her intuitions, her sense uh-huh. of what makes what is reasonable to do. And I got, a, if you will, that uh, that her response violates my assumptions of how we should make decisions. Well, of course right. we should talk it through. Of course we should pray about it. And I realized that my naive assumption is that she was trapped by her cultural assumptions and I was trying to liberate her from them. But the okay. reality was that she had her cultural assumptions and I had my cultural assumptions. Right. Uh, that, that this, uh, it's more the, the sort of weird culture assumptions. Right, Western right. educated industrialized democracies where we resolve conflict through logic and reason and by appealing to scripture and uh, reason rather than tradition or whatever. And right. that was a real breakthrough for me because I realized like, ah, so it's not that I have, she has a problem that I don't have, so I need to fix her. Right. Is that right. we share a problem that I lack the spiritual authority to break through. And uh-huh. so I was getting frustrated with her rather than dealing with my own, the beam in my own eye. Right. Okay. Right. Because the idea is that like, okay, well, if this, if this was a real issue and I really had spiritual authority over it, then I could just pray and God would change your mind, which I did right. pray and he did not change right. your mind. So right. the, uh, the logical conclusion is that I lack sufficient spiritual authority because I am a victim of the same underlying dysfunction. Or limitation, okay. I should say. It's not really dysfunction. It's like we are all products of our cultural environment. Right. But in order to break through to the next level of success, it's like, ah, this is the thing that I did not understand that would have killed me. Is that uh-huh. my idea for a school seemed to make perfect sense, but it violated a lot of cultural assumptions. Right. And in order for the school to succeed, I would have had to deal with this eventually possibly after I'd spent an enormous amount of time and money and political and social and financial capital. Right. And right. so it was a wonderful thing that I got stopped in my tracks. And it would have right. been even better if I had taken her 
uh, warding uh, really seriously rather than dismissing it according to my cultural paradigm as it would have caused uh -huh. much less damage to our relationship. Right. And so, and the interesting thing about uh, my cultural normative is that we weird people idolize system two. Uh, rationality, uh, right. the ability to take things out of context and compare them um, sort of uh, basis based on pure words. Right. Um, and that this is my culture. And we like to pretend that we're operating in pure system too. In fact, yep. one of the reasons we have a culture war in the U.S. is that our intellectual elites on both sides assume that they are being perfectly logical and reasonable. And the other person is either lying or uh, you know reacting emotionally right and so um the punchline of all of this is i realized that my system to my left brain is alienated from my right brain uh -huh. and has <laughs> a uh, much like my, my relationship with my gut which i may have talked about before where i sort of tried to beat it into submission rather than right. actually honoring it and that that is the the first reconciliation i need is of my brain with itself okay or my mind yep. i think i'm talking about like the left brain is sort of the mind the right brain is kind of the soul i think you're talking about recognizing the mind reconciling the mind and the soul uh -huh. and that that's the thing that i need to do is, and i need christ's help for is to re be reconciled myself um, and that if I do that, then all these other things will be straightforward. I mean, there'll be hard work and skill and uh, insight and, and whatever. But like, until I do that, nothing I do is actually likely to matter at all. Right. In right. terms of actually achieving these kinds of relational, much less systemic or cultural breakthroughs. I'm now at so the head of the line, so I may get, may get called in a minute. So right at the beginning, you talked about your son helping you through a conversation. Did you say it was about uh, what to do with leftovers? Like as Yes, in it was about leftovers. Your... Okay, with the food poisoning uh, history behind Hardly you. Hardly that. Well, 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 yes, but that wasn't, this was about there was one piece of fried chicken left. And the question okay. was, was it okay for me to eat the last piece of fried chicken versus, you know, going upstairs and offering it to my son? Ah, okay. Yeah, and, I've been been through that discussion at all. <laughs> yeah. So what did yeah, you come and, up with? And, well, so I don't know if we resolved anything, but but at least what I realized, the thing that irked me yeah. was my wife had sort of the distinctly feminine perspective or the maternal perspective. Well, of course, you should always give your kids first choice, uh, right? Uh -huh. the, which is as opposed to the patriarchal perspective. We're like, hey, I'm the guy running this house here. I right. have a right to have dibs on food myself. And right. and it really made me think a lot about this whole dynamic of, I mean, another thing that happened was my kids yelled at me for not disciplining the dog, which happens quite a lot uh, uh -huh. when the dog was acting out. And I, and I remember my first thought was, well, uh, I never get to discipline anybody else when they talk back to or disrespect me. Why should I bother? Why should I start with the dog? <laughs> Okay, right. And it makes me think that there is this, I guess, latent resentment, or which I'm I guess next is time, a. Right. Okay, I'm at the front, so yeah, hang on. Uh, Wesley right. Butler, February twenty third, two thousand one. 
All right, so he's getting that. All right. Um, yeah, so what were you saying? Oh, yeah, is that there's a latent resentment, which kind of right. implies sort of a self-shame, which is why uh -huh. I resent when other people trigger it. It's like, okay, there is a sense in which I have not been uh, taking my appropriate masculine role in the family, uh -huh. uh, partly because trying to figure out what is the appropriate masculine role uh, is, yeah. is very difficult. I mean, it's easy to say, well, you know, back in the days, men were respected and they fought for their families and set down the law. Like, yes. And the, the reason we went away from that is they did it in a very selfish, legalistic, shame-based way that actually didn't represent Christ. Right. And so, like, we don't want to do exactly that. But yet, there is something that needs to be done uh -huh. uh, for which we lack... Uh, there's not an abundance of role models of what I would consider Christ-like masculinity. Right. And so that is the thing that, and I think it's related to sort of how my left brain and my right brain relate. Like, I think uh -huh. I wisely pulled back from that role because it was clear that it was causing more harm than good. Right. And it was also perpetuating this. And so now, you know, many years later, I'm finally getting to the point of understanding how I need to be reconciled to myself. Okay. And the hope is that if I actually understand how to lead, you know, my right brain and my gut and maybe my cardiac nodes yeah. <laughs> uh, in a healthy way, then that will actually show me the healthy way to uh, have a Christ-like relationship to my wife rather than merely a biblical way. Right, right. The line's shorter back there. The line's shortened up quite a bit. Anyway. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. So are you okay? Well, are you finished talking or you still need to pick up stuff? No, no, I'm back out in the parking lot just getting in the car. All right. Anyway, are you comfortable sharing what's going on with you now? Um, yeah, well, I, uh, there's a overlap, of course. Uh, we're both uh, right brain. If is it the right brain that's wrong? Left left brain is the linear. <laughs> oh, linear left brain is the one that uh, linear focuses logic, on yeah. words instead of meaning. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so I'm in the wrong brain. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the uh, uh, I think uh, you may remember this already, but with the uh, uh, that uh, childhood emotional neglect. Stuff I yeah. was looking at last week um, that seems to me to, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I recognized that I have uh, had an arrogance feeling that being out of my emotions and in my head was superior to uh, being, and that uh, this is something I needed to uh, repent of and um, except that that's not a thing that I thought it was, or that I've Ooh. unconsciously it wasn't it wasn't even a thought. It was just a an attitude or a perspective that was unexamined, right? Ooh, um, wow! So I think that's a good piece. Um, yeah, that is. I don't think that, you mentioned it quite that strongly last time. 
and that I've um, am very much I surround myself with people who share the same uh, kind of perspective, and so it feels very normal to me to relate mm. without relating around feelings because that's where I'm comfortable and that's where my friends are comfortable, and so we're we're all uh, thinking that this is normal and healthy when uh, uh, we're superior. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah. it, it struck wow. me because I, I I watched it just after I'd spent an evening. There's a men's group I've started going to on uh, Monday nights, so that's where I'm on my way right now. And uh, mm. the the other guy that uh, she is consistent and is hosting it. Um, every time an issue comes up, he will share from what he's read and researched, and you know, and they're good concepts, uh. but. It struck me that <laughs> this is this feels like deja vu. <laughs> this feels like exactly what I do and what uh, what bothers my family. Ah! So so uh, so he and I talked some about this last week, uh, which was a week after I first ran across the stuff, I guess. Um, and uh, were uh, he had also I'd sent him the uh, the list of things and. Uh, he has Ooh. similar issues with his spouse, so we're talking through that and praying through that. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, so the the other thing that's going on right now is um, I my experience and perception is that Jackie has given up on relating to me and mm-hmm. simply simply trying to. Uh, get me to do what she wants me to do as a precondition for relationship. But mm. to, to me, that doesn't feel like relationship. Uh, it feels like where I was through most of our marriage or trying to keep her happy. Um, mm. but that's, that's different from actually relating and talking things through and negotiating. And uh, she seems to lack time, patience, motivation, for that and uh she did express mm. last night she and jo- her, my daughter were watching a movie and i asked if i could join them and they said no <laughs> and then jack mm. clarified that she feels too frustrated because of the things that she wants me to do that i'm not getting done um interest in knowing about the other pressures or uh, aspirations or things that are drawing my attention. She's just frustrated mm. about them. And so yeah. we just have this quiet, uh, I don't know if you'd call it uh, peace or lack of peace or whatever. Detente. But uh, uh, What's that? Uh, detente. Yeah, detente. That's a good word. <laughs> so uh, so that's... Um, oh, I had I'm, a thought about I, that, but I'll let you finish. <laughs> well, so the, the thought in my mind, the ma- main lesson I felt like uh, I came through over the last couple of years talking with you is that um, when there's tension, trying, taking, uh, acting prematurely to resolve it doesn't mm-hmm. bring about the conclusion that uh, is best. So I'm kind of, I, I'm I'm trying to focus on doing what I think God wants me to do. Um, and we're back into that, you know, 
is mm. uh, a thousand years from now, is God going to be uh, unhappy because I tried to do what I thought he wanted or because I didn't consider or I didn't respect or regard my wife's um, feelings or, you know, how how do I, what's the new way to navigate the old oh. <laughs> patterns, ah, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, so that, I have an answer, uh, but we'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's as, kind of as far as I've gotten. Um, right. Uh, I mean, this was uh, last I, night. I, there's a really easy answer to that. Yeah. The God wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And it's very important you do it in that order. Because right. otherwise you will love your neighbor or your wife in the same dysfunctional left brain way that I do. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So what God wants is for you to have a heart. Right. You know, an undivided heart with him. Yeah. And otherwise all your, you know, work for him will be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been uh, meditating quite a bit on that First Corinthians thirteen four through eight. Mm. The first one being patience, first virtue being patience. Actually, I should say I haven't gotten much beyond the patience. I feel like that's, <laughs> that that is that is the word for me, um, and it relates to being patient when the um, you know when there's tension, and letting mm-hmm. the tension, letting God work in the mm. tension. Um, mm. and being patient with myself and um, being patient with the family and their, my, I've mentioned before my perception of myself as being patient while I, even as mm. I was being impatient with them for my perception, mm-hmm. their impatience. Um, so uh, I uh, think I've relaxed around that and, I'm, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm right in the middle of this right now. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. No, I mean, I, one thing that I find helps me understand is that there are things my wife needs to feel psychologically safe, right. which makes her distance me by putting certain demands on me. And yeah. that's a good precondition to relationship, but it is not in itself a relationship. So right. And I, yeah. Well, so is it your? Do you feel like it's always God's leading to meet all of those uh, things, or is it? Uh, is that a, something that there's discernment involved in which ones to meet and which ones uh, God wants to leave, kind of in the air for? you to deal with or for the, you know, in this case, your wife to work through. Think think about it when you're in a business that is going bankrupt. Yeah. Okay. It's important to stop losing money faster, but you can't like, you you also need to innovate and grow the business so that you actually succeed. Uh Right. And so, you know, you have to, you have to work the hard balance of, okay, where do I, keep from losing more money faster. What's the defensive action of trying to avoid the bad things from happening? 
so that I can invest more in doing the right thing that will actually save the business. Mm -hmm. Right. And the problem that I, I mean, from my perspective, doing the things that you thought God wanted you to do ministry wise feeds your left brain culture. Uh, you know, at least historically. And the real right. question is, what are the things that will actually heal your heart? Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, so that's the interesting question. And, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like, it's not, this is the third way. It's not about doing things for God. It's not about doing things for my wife. It's about becoming the kind of person that God wants and my wife needs. Right. And if we do that, like, you know, I, I am absolutely convinced of this, that if I am the right kind of person who loves God with a whole heart, all these uphill climbs that I've been trying to do in ministry will just magically fall, miraculously fall into place. So the, the question, one of the, part of the question I'm wrestling with is, uh, does what my wife's need, or does what my wife needs from me right now, uh, equate to what she thinks she needs from me right now, um, or does she need for her growth for me not to simply give her what she feels like she needs that would? Ah, ah, ah! No, uh, yeah. That's the wrong question, is what I would say. Okay, good. What she needs is for you to be passionately in love with Jesus with your whole heart. Okay. That's what she actually needs. And if it's like submitting to her law or submitting to your law, that's missing the point. Right. Right? Is I mean, this is the whole political dysfunction thing. Is like, yes, yeah, so if we could just make other people follow our laws, then we'd be good. It's like, no, like the, the thing is, is the, the, uh, actually first question is, will you be able to join us tomorrow for our, this Tuesday morning thing? And you did the one off. Oh. I wasn't sure if you had any interest in coming back for the uh, sequel. Uh, I wasn't even aware that it was happening again. Uh, tomorrow I have something else from eight to nine. What time is okay. yours? Yeah, it's eight to nine. Yeah. Pacific. Okay. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so I, I, like uh, like Lent is coming up in a week on the 14th, Valentine we right. talked about. And to me, yeah, like yeah. this is the hard thing. Like, how do I get my heart? How do I break free from this weird Christian uh, mindset that I use to actually yeah. relate? Like one thing that I, like I was trying to do. I don't know if you noticed this. I was trying very hard, or I was I wasn't trying. I was very conscious of not using words to respond to you. I was uh-huh. trying to focus on what was I feeling and then just emoting. Ah, okay. Mm, uh, right? It's trying to 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 feel, even if you weren't feeling it, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, what was, what was the emotional content of what you were experiencing? Right, good. And the the thing I think that would help your wife the most as a concrete practice and I don't know if you can do this, but like it's understand is to just see her what she is feeling and to find a way to feel it. It's like, ouch. Mm. Ah, 
I see. And, and, and even just in terms of holding attention, not give yourself the out of either agreeing or disagreeing, mm-hmm. but to just stop and feel what she's saying. It's like, ooh, yeah, I can see how that's really frustrating. Like, ooh, yeah. that was, yeah. ooh, ouch. Yes, I can see that that really messed up your day when I did that. Uh-huh. And not resolve the tension by saying, I'm sorry, that was my fault. I'll never do it again. Right. Or, listen, you just got to puff it up and deal with it. But live, but live with the tension of feeling the emotion. Right. And, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know if you can do that, but that's the thing that I think is the thing to aspire towards. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... All right. Happened to be listening to Christian radio the other day and caught a brief segment where uh, the guy talked about realizing that he needed to, uh, what was it, be in, uh, what he needed in his, it was to be in harmony with his wife's heart or something. Uh, anyway, he, mm. he, rec- he suggested this. Uh, practice he and his wife are working experimenting with or maybe they've done it for years now where um, he they just take 15 minutes in the evening for him to listen to her heart about what was one positive emotion you experienced today and what was one difficult mm-hmm. emotion uh, and uh, I thought yeah, if, if I could get to the place with Jackie where she was comfortable and I was able to uh, hear uh, that on a daily basis or even a few times a week, that would be a big uh, progress. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I aspire towards that as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm a long way away from that. I mean, if it happens, if it ever happens at all, it's like a major uh, day of celebration and rejoicing. The The right. practice that I'm working on to get there was is this phrase from my wife, which was uh-huh. to be emotionally present with good boundaries to help others become healthier and bless their family lives. Yeah. So do you know so what first that step, looks like when you say that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's like, uh, like when you were sharing, I was really yeah. trying to feel what you were going through. Like, okay. the, ooh, yeah. and, like, like just, you know, being emotionally engaged right. in what the other person is describing. Um, uh-huh. Without judging, right. without, you know, you know, without uh, having to control or shape it. Yeah. And then um, the uh, other thing that I've done, which has had uh, some positive success, I can't say I unilaterally recommend it, but right. is to uh, share with my wife sort of spontaneously or with minimal encouragement my emotional experience of the day is like, I'm feeling really frustrated after that last meeting, or I was really, you know, encouraged when I saw this. So just vulnerably sharing my own emotional state uh, mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, not asking and just, you know, just unilaterally, right. Not yeah. expecting her to, because like she has very good reasons for not wanting to share emotionally with me because right. You know, if my right brain is not there, then it just becomes ammunition I might use against her. And so, um, 
yes, and practice practice living in my practice being in my right mind is the short answer. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that um, I want to do more of. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, um, so tomorrow morning I'm going to pitch this group on Tuesday whether they want to do a uh, six week. Lenten thing more publicly with their ministries to try and do some of these practices together. Uh, uh-huh. I have no idea if I'll be able to pitch them or how they'll respond. Uh, right. But either way, I would love to chat with you about doing something for Lent because you know, I think you know, if you have a vow Lent time to recover our hearts, feels like, you know, even if it's just the two of us, if we do a large group, if we do something public or semi public. Like, I desperately want to be part of a community that is, you know, really seeking God to reconcile our hearts because I desperately need it. And I, I could only do so much by myself, whereas if we're in a community asking God together, I yeah, feel like that would yeah. be really powerful. Uh, so I've, uh, since we last talked, I've ended up with a regular Tuesday morning thing. So um, uh, if that's what the time gets settled on, I have trouble making it to Tuesday morning as well. So I figure that's what, you know, the, 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 my preferred date at this point without having talked to anybody is Friday morning, like Friday morning uh, at 8 a.m., 8 to 9 is like the least quiet part of my week. It's just like the most quiet part of my week and uh-huh. avoid the, the inconsistency inherent in the weekend. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, I have something at 8.30 every Friday currently. Um, How long? So, uh, typically goes till 11. And I'm sorry, till okay, 10. So it's a, 10, 10 so. So it's a, yeah, so it's basically it's the whole morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I have no idea. God, uh, I make plans. God laughs. And right. We'll see. I guess I, but, do, um, I guess I do have 10 to 11. Uh, so it's not yeah. I mean, eight thirty to ten is when I'm at seven to eight. So yeah. I had to, um, the other thing, going back to what I was describing earlier, um, I I I used to be in a you know even a year ago in a mode of uh, trying to uh, identify what uh, how I should be responding to Jackie's pressures to get certain things done. Um, and uh, we went through this period, which mm-hmm. I think this sounded like, where I was trying to just focus yeah. on what God wanted me to do. Um, there's a, uh, there's a shift, there's been a, it feels like a shift inside. I don't know if it, uh, if I'm just fooling myself. I've read about self-deception now, but where I'm, uh, Trying, I'm trying to just walk in fellowship with the Lord and do the next thing that He has for me to do. And I have wanted to take actually take care of what Jackie was wanting me to get done, but it's felt mm. like God's been pushing me away from that. And so I theorize that maybe He has a purpose. Uh, or maybe I'm just self-deceived. <laughs> Both of those are possibilities, and I don't know which is uh, the reality. Um, so that's that's kind of where I am in this. I'm experimenting with uh, trusting that God will work things out as I try to walk in fellowship with Him and what I. So 
uh, I don't know if that feels different or if it just feels like justification of the same thing or whatever. But I mean, I guess the question that comes to mind is, um, what's the positive thing that you are pressing towards? Because um, if it's just, you know, doing whatever, like this is where it feels like an anchor would be useful. Uh huh. Like like for us, like for us, our family this year, the anchor is to be emotionally present with uh, good boundaries. Um, right. Because that is the thing that, you know, after some discussion, we were saying like, okay, let's make sure that whatever we're doing is. Uh, pressing into this thing that we agree is is the thing that our family needs. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we agree on everything. It doesn't mean we always do it, but at least we have some anchor. So it's like, okay, uh, it, it, um, if I am, you know, getting too caught up in work, that means what I think or want, I need to take a step back and really do something different. Yeah. And that was, yeah, so that was the, 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 I guess that's my concern is that if the only thing is, well, whatever feels good to you when you, when you, when you listen to God, you know, easily, um, uh, prone to, uh, I'm going to go run, do dinner, um, great to catch up, happy to talk more later. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, bless you. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye.